And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, along with my co-host, Kathy Amos, tonight. And tonight, we're discussing your number one seed Indiana Hoosiers loss to the number nine seed Miami Hurricanes from Florida, 70 to 68, a heartbreaking ending to a historic season for the women's basketball team at Indiana. They will finish the season 28 wins and four losses for the IU women. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And Kathy, I, I think the only thing, I had a couple things in my mind, especially as it looked more like in the fourth quarter, we weren't going to finally get over the hump. But then we, at the, I changed it in the last 30 seconds of the game. As I, you know, <laughs> I'm going to give the banner moment here tonight for Yarden Garzant, the freshman who drilled the step back three off a sweep behind the back pass by Grace Berger, but a three step back three by Yarden Garzant that tied the game with 6.6 seconds to go and look like it might be the finally the shot that finally, you know, get us to overtime and we'd win it there. But unfortunately, Miami made just one more play down the stretch. So I'm going to go with Yarden Garzon's three as the banner moment tonight. And our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. And with March Madness going on, keep your eyes out for even new stuff. They just released four new IU women's shirts. Uh, not only do you get quality apparel, but you're supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And we're going to throw it over to my co-host, Kathy Amos, for the Amos angle and her her initial thoughts after this. Uh, just It's breathtaking in a not a so good a way. Yeah. Uh, heartbreaking, Jeff. I think you nailed it right there. Heartbreaking. I, I, I'm honestly at a loss for words. And if anybody knows me, it's, that's pretty rare for me to be lost for words. Um Boy, we just have had so much joy from this team all year. And I think we'd all just kind of expected that we are going to continue seeing joy um, and, and celebrating with them. It's it's such a shock to the system, right? I mean, we uh, we had that devastating loss. Not devastating. This was a devastating line. But we had the loss in the Big Ten tournament where they just had that collapse in the second half. We had the last second buzzer beater from, you know, the Clark guys in Iowa City. And then... Uh, now this, and it just seems like we had such a beautiful, wonderful season with them, and we're ending on a note of a, yet another last-second shot <laughs> um, from yet another Miami team within 24 hours. It's just devastating, I think. You know, it's hard as a fan. You know, we get so attached to these players. Um, I feel so awful for Grace Berger, right? And this is her last game now as a collegiate player, her last game on assembly at assembly hall. And it's just hard. It's hard to watch it. It's hard to see, you know, players we've been with now for three, four years. Um, you know, and we, we come to, we welcome them into our lives and, you know, if, uh, people 
have things that, and, and a lot of times people are like, you know, it's just, it's just basketball. It's just a sport. And I think, um, anybody that's in our private community knows that it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that to the fans and obviously to the players, right? You could see the emotions on their eyes, but you know, it, it gives us an outlet and it gives us a way to bond together. Um, and so it's hard and you feel that with all these players, right? When you, you get a loss like this. So, um, so sorry, <laughs> I've had a lot going on personally too. So this has been a wonderful outlet for my husband and I as well. So it's just, it's hard. Um, not expecting it to have come to an end so abruptly the way that it did. So um, I won't forget anything or or take any joy away from this team that they've given to us, I think, this year. And, you know, it's not going to end the way we wanted it to, especially for Grace. But, you know, we, we got to also remember the positives. And there were a lot of positives. I mean, this is only our fourth loss this year. Um, and we got to remember all of that and not let this cloud these last couple of few games here, you know, starting with the, the Iowa game, we can't let that cloud our memory of this team because they have been absolutely the best team we've ever been able to watch with Indiana basketball. And we got to remember looking forward to next year, we get everybody back except for grace, you know, and that's, that's also a wonderful thing to be able to look forward to. And this is something I think they'll learn um, and grow from. And I think we'll see that on the, the, the program from both the players and the coaches next year when we see them, you know, step onto the court again um, next November. So, so sorry, I uh, get a little upset. Uh, it's uh, just really hard. I think it's hard for everyone. We got a lot of people watching right now, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the same way as me. So super, super happy and so proud of this team. Boy, that fight in that second half was just wonderful to see them come back and try to, you know, punch their way back into that game after a rough first half. So, um, we'll talk it through and I'm sure we'll f- hopefully feel a little better <laughs> by well, the end of it. And let's not forget Alyssa Geary is going to be, had played her final game in, in, That's in, right. in yes. New Jersey as well. So, um, from that standpoint, but it, normally we kind of talk about the as expected or the surprises here. But as I told Kathy before we went on the air, I'm going to change it up a little bit tonight, not just because of the loss, but just because we got into the NCAA tournament. It seemed like we kind of were being redundant with some of the things we talked about, but I'm going to throw it to Kathy first. Just Kathy, give me what, you know, kind of a, just one theme that you thought came out of this game tonight. I mean, that you saw as you were watching. You know, the theme for me is um, I, I don't, I, I would hope no one out there, whether it's a fan of ours or a fan of Miami, ever questions any toughness really from either team because, you know, Miami came out in that first half and they were physical from the get go and Indiana answered it, right? Like I know um, <laughs> it wasn't a, a great first half, but there was one thing I never thought was lacking from this team. And that was effort and grit. And it really came out in that second half. They obviously went into that locker room and they talked with each other and they, you know, they, they made some adjustments and they came back out and they came back out punching. Right. I mean, we outscored them 19 to eight in that third quarter. It was fantastic. Um, And so I don't think that's anything anyone should ever question, especially at this level of women's basketball is the physicality that the the women are going through night in and night out. And of course, it, it doesn't help when the refs don't call it. And I think they were equally bad on, on both sides of the, the court. Um, But boy, were they, they physical tonight. I, I just thought, um, uh, I hope no one is questioning their effort, their heart, or the physicality tonight, because I think Indiana um, answered that after the first half. Yeah, and I think one of the themes I'm going to go to is one of the things that we saw with this team throughout the year, the few times that they saw it, athletic guards gave them problems. And we saw that tonight for Miami. We saw it a little bit with Illinois. Both times we played them, we were able to overcome it. 
We saw it a little bit from Ohio State, especially in the Big Ten tournament. Once J.C. Sheldon was, you know, if you had a chance today to watch him, uh, again, Ohio State advancing as they were able to pull out one in Columbus. But J.C. Sheldon, healthy J.C. Sheldon makes that an entirely different team. And and you can watch, you know, uh, the Michigan State games, we struggle with third guards. And so the uh, it's it just was one of the overall themes. And I thought finally in the second half, as you mentioned, they were able to make a couple adjustments. They were able to make the guards for Miami work a little harder. Where in the first half, I thought the Miami guards were just comfortable. And if you I think, what were they, six for nine at one point on threes for one? They were driving. They were getting basically anything they wanted. And so that was just one of the themes was, again, struggling with some really athletic guards. But the other thing, too, being able to finally make some adjustments. It took a little longer than maybe we would have liked. But I just thought that was something. That and then we see a lot of people in the workaholics. We appreciate all of you here in the workaholics. You're alive with us on YouTube, but you know, it, it just to me, that's kind of the one of the things that you look at over the last three, four games where we struggled. Um, and, and as people are pointing out, I just think it was the athleticism of the guards, and and yeah. we that's just something we're gonna have to get a little better with. So Kathy, what else did you another thing that you saw tonight? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's also important for everyone to understand the context too of what we were playing with because I don't think we were playing with our you know our full hundred um, percent players and and I think that's important because you know we haven't been a hugely deep team this year either right like we we definitely have played six with some very consistent um, double digit minutes and of those six two of them I think we're not at 100% we know that McKenzie had already sat out on Saturday um, banging up her knee in the Michigan State game in the Big Ten tournament Um, in that first half I didn't think McKenzie looked like her normal self either you know and it looked like they were trying to maybe um kind of pace her along because, you know, they were bringing her in and then taking her back out and then they put her back in and it just seemed to hurt the flow. And, you know, McKinsey only had four points in that first half and it felt like that really, um, it, it stemmed from, I think her probably not being a hundred percent comfortable in her team as well as the in and out of the game. She couldn't get into the flow, but those of you maybe who didn't miss it. Um, I, I think Sarah was playing sick as well and she looked really slow and off tonight as well. And so I, it, you know, as much as we want to say no excuses, I think those those are factors that we have to understand that that actually um, provide us some additional context to the game because after that our bench drops off significantly after Sarah. You know we had Lily Meister came in and gave us some good minutes um, where she could. Um, they even tried Ariel Wisney at the beginning in that first half and it just wasn't quite working. Um, and then I don't know that we saw hardly anyone else off the bench and that was it. So we we only played basically you know seven players. So um, not counting Ariel Wisney. So. <laughs> I think that's that's tough. You know, we were playing banged up um, or sick. You know, Sarah was almost at one point we weren't even sure she was playing. So no, you know, no excuses. You got to get the job done. But on the other hand, you also have to have, you know, context around, you know, what's going on with the team, too, I think. Yeah. And I think one of the other themes that as we watched, and I'm going to kind of build off of the one you talked about there was I think at halftime, Mac just had to make a decision. And, and I think she, I'm not saying she was not in pain. I think she had to figure out a way to play through the pain or just ignore it, whatever phrase you wanted to, because it was now or never the, the, the off season was going to come if you didn't win this game anyway. So the only yeah. way they were going to win it was with Mac playing close to what we expected from uh, McKenzie Holmes. I believe she ended up with 18 points in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the yep. first half, I remember texting you. She was two for nine. She had four. She was two for, yeah, she was two for nine yeah. in the first half. So she was eight for 10 in the second half. 
And again, just, you know, that theme that when, when we have been able to play well, it's been able because, and I will say this, it was a lot of Grace Berger feeding McKenzie Holmes in the post and, and Grace being able to create and draw and be able to get the ball to McKenzie. And, and that's one of the things I think is going to be asked in the offseason quite a bit is down the stretch, you know, the last three, four possessions, uh, or at least the last couple of possessions, Mac didn't get a touch. Now, I think Miami did a pretty good job of taking her away. But you also, you know, I think, you know, maybe a couple of them, we went a little quick as well. You can make that argument. Those will all be things that get discussed in the offseason. When you, and that's that happens after a loss like this. But I thought just, in, you know, again, Mackenzie Holmes showing why she was voted to be a first-team All-American with the way she played tonight, especially in the second half. Um, Kathy, I'll go back to you. Uh, I've got, I've still got at least one yeah. more theme I want to talk about. So I'll throw it back to you. Yeah. I think the other one for me is just the shooting, um, especially in the first half, boy, we, we just could not, you know, we couldn't find the bat- bottom of the basket for sure. And, and I get, you know, again, for those of you who don't know, maybe um, Miami's actually one of the top three point defending teams. And we really showed it tonight, you know, in the first half, what were we one of eight? And we ended up only five of 15. And those were with Garzon hitting those three late. And by the way, congratulations to uh, Yarn Garzon for what it's worth. She did break the um, freshman record for most made three. So um, with her three pointers tonight, so that, you know, she was, (laughs) she was kind of non-existent until those, those threes there in that late in that fourth quarter. So it was good to see her step up and have that, you know, ice in her veins to say, you know, I haven't played my best game, but when we needed her, she, she showed up and almost, you know, got us into overtime there. Um, but just overall, I didn't think our shooting was on point tonight. And, you know, we saw it again at the end where Chloe missed the layup and Grace missed that, you know, um, pull up, pull up jumper in the, the lane. And I'm not quite sure why, um, other than hats off, I guess, to Miami's defense as well. But overall, I thought, um, that was, that was a, definitely a theme I saw Miami's defense. I thought was, was better than our defense tonight. Um, it really hurt us on our shooting and, um, Boy, they just were so much more physical in that first half than than us. Especially, you know, we just couldn't seem to stop them. What did they? They yeah. ended up shooting fifty seven percent in the first half. Miami did, and sixty seven percent from three. You know, we were not fighting through screens. Um, we were really just letting them handle us down low. And so, I think um, that first half in particular just was such a big hole and uh, mountain for us to climb. It was just too hard in that second half. Yeah, and and just kind of also that first half, we really made a decision. I'm, I think this is one that I would have to – I'd love to be able to know a little bit more about what the decision-making process was. But they basically made the decision and the game plan to start that they weren't going to go after the offensive glass. They were going to rotate basically as soon as the shot – as soon as we shot it, they were going to – we were rotating everybody back toward the, to the defensive end, basically five back. Well, we used to refer to it in, when I was coaching, we called it five back. And I was not a philosophy that I liked very mm-hmm. well. I, I rarely, rarely used it. Maybe, a, you know, some, a few situations here and there. But um, they were they were so worried on their game plan and their scout was so worried about transition that they were willing to give up defensive rebounds to Miami, allow Miami to have defensive rebounds with really no contesting at, at all. Um, I will say this. I kind of piggyback off of your comment about the defense. I thought that showed even down the stretch. Uh, Miami basically got what they wanted down those last two, three possessions. They oh, yeah. were able to post up, and unfortunately, they were posting up greats. Um, right. Harden was getting a, a good Harden. post up, and and we didn't really make a, a didn't maybe have time or, or weren't able to make the adjustment there. 
on that in the last couple of possessions. And Grace was the one who got pinned uh, inside and allowed, you know, got hardened to the ball, you know, was able to get the ball into the paint and, and unfortunately make the shot. Um, the other thing I'm, I, the theme I had was it just, I felt like I know, you know, we, we never could get the lead. I always, I just kept yeah. thinking if we could get the lead, if we could get the lead, we'll finally get them, you know, where, you know, we, we got tied, we tied, you know, it was, it was tied five times, but we never got the lead, never let it all tonight from the get go. And we just, I always felt like that that was my thing that I wanted to talk about was I just felt like that changed it because if you could have got the lead after Miami had led for so long and been in control for the game, you really got to feel like they would have felt a little bit more pressure. There's a huge difference, at least when I felt this when I was coaching, that tied is better than being behind, and after, especially after you've been leading. You know, and I once heard Bob Knight say this, and I and I'm not sure when and where he said. I just remember him talking about it one time that uh, they were asking him why he didn't take a timeout in a situation where a team was making a run on him, and he said, "Well, we never gave up the lead. It, we may have let them tie it a couple times, but we never gave up the lead." And I felt like we were still in control, and and that kind of became my philosophy as I was coaching that as long as we were able to keep a leader tied, I felt like we were in pretty good shape, and I think that's what Miami felt like. Whereas had they got behind by one or two points, they would have, I think the pressure would have really turned on them. And, and that might've really, you know, taken, you know, you know, taking it down a different path in that last two, three minutes, but we just never could get over that hump as well. So um, do you have anything else you want to talk about here before we hit the numbers? Um, Well, I don't know if it's the theme per se, but I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on kind of the, you know, again, I I think coach, I want to say, I think coach Morin and her staff are fantastic coaches. So, and I've never coached. So I'm just asking your opinion. Do you think, would you have called it differently first on that play at the end, not to go to McKenzie, because I don't think she touched the ball for at least the last minute, minute and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised that we didn't go down to her. And I was also surprised with the defense, especially in the second, in that last play, I, I just felt like we all knew Harden was going to get the ball. Do you do you front her more? Or do you do anything different defensively? So I'm just wondering, kind of, again, we're second guessing, armchair yeah. quarterbacking, whatever you want to call it. Um, would you have called something differently offensively and, and defensively in that last minute? The only thing is, and again, you guys all know, for at least maybe, you know, maybe I'll make sure I preference this. I disclose this for people. You know, I hosted the Grace Burger Show last year, so I obviously have, you know, some affinity for Grace and, and have gotten to know her a little bit. I, I did think that Grace's shot was not necessarily a bad shot. It's a shot that Grace Burger's hit before. I just thought it was a little quick. I, I would have liked to yeah. see them run maybe a one more, get to a second option there where they, or at least get it to where Mac would have had a chance to get a touch. And if they doubled her, then kick it out. But I just thought that was, you know, again, you can't wait too long. You were you were behind, so you had to get a shot up because you want to make sure you get a chance for an offensive rebound, or you can foul and get the clock stopped and get another chance. So we got to, right. you know, you were looking at that. Um, I think the thing I would have done is with what Harden on that on that was I would have fronted her. I would have made yeah. them have to lob it over the top of me, whereas Grace really was fighting to stay behind it. You watch if you go back and really watch that. She at least from what I saw, she was really looking like she was wanting to make sure she didn't give up anything to the rim. Um, and I and I gotta wonder if it surprised them a little bit. I, I'm with you. I thought Harden would get it. I was think maybe a little surprised they went they fed it right to her off the inbound. I would have thought maybe try to screen down a little pin down screen to get her, you know, get her the ball, but um 
the other thing I might have thought of is again, Grace has good size, so I'm not sure about a switch. But you you might have tried Yarden just to you know, yeah, and, and have Yarden front or two just to be a little bit somebody to throw over the top. But um, the other thing you could do there, and I'd have to go back and watch the play again, Kathy. I came in here right pretty much as soon as the game was over, so I didn't really watch the the end of, on the, some of the replays on with Harden shot. But how much pressure did we put on the sideline on the pass? I, I'd like to know. You know, that'd be one thing maybe you might have done a little differently, too, is you make that pass a little tougher to to go inside. You know, make sure you're forcing it mm-hmm. out toward the timeline. With that, with that, Those are the only couple of things I think defensively I would have done there. I'm not sure I, I would have gone zone. You might have tried it, but Miami was shooting the ball so well, or, you know, throughout the game. They weren't late, but I sure as heck didn't want to get beat um, on a three ball either. So you're kind of picking your poison there. Um, what about you? Right. You know, and so you know that's that's that. So, anything else yeah. you want to talk about? I mean, it's easy now that we saw how. It, no, no, and it's yeah. easy for us to sit here and second guess, right? I mean, the play played out the way it was going to be, or how it is, and so of course now that we saw how it played out, we can always say, oh well, we should have done this. Well, of course we can say that now. We know how it ended, so um, a little easier for us. No, I think that that yeah, those are some of the the main themes. Um, I just um, thought we needed we needed more from some of our role players. You know, I thought, um, uh, you know, Sarah. I already mentioned she just, you know, it clearly wasn't herself tonight and um, not not there. And I think, you know, especially after that first half with McKenzie really struggling, we just needed something more from either Garzon, um, Sydney. Um, or Chloe Moore McNeil in terms of productivity offensively. And we finally got it from Yarden, but it was just, it was maybe a little late. You know, we ended up um, with only three players in double digits, which is pretty unusual for us. We were, you know, again, it was 68 points, which isn't, isn't bad, but it's definitely well under our, our average offensively for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something we texted about that in games like this, your stars usually play decent or well. And it's the supporting cast that makes the difference. And up until the fourth quarter, Yarden, I think, was still scoreless or maybe had you know two points. She was really, really struggling offensively. Um, there was a – I think it might have been the third quarter where she had a ball that was kicked out to her and, and I thought passed up an open shot and tried to, you know, dribble into the lane and lost the handle into a turnover. Um, you know, Sydney Parrish is one that has been a very good player for this team all year long only gets four points. We talked about Scalia only getting four points and may have been battling some illness, but you know, we just, you know, and, and Chloe finished with nine, but it may have been the quietest nine she had all year, you know, yeah. from that standpoint. And, and so, and, and. No, most, most, and Chloe, most of those are from free throws too. So. Yeah. And Chloe's yeah. going to, and Chloe's going to go into her off season, whether we like it or not, She's going to have to go. She's going to go into the offseason. Nobody's going to have to remind her, but she, you know, blowing a pretty much a point blank layup that would have given you the lead, um, you know, with under, you know, 30 seconds to go. And, and, you know, that's just one of those. She's going to have to kind of look in the mirror at herself and be like, I'm going to use that as motivation to make sure that if I'm ever in that spot again, that doesn't happen. But uh, that was, you know, that was one of the things I was going to mention. Also, I want to make sure you talked a little bit about this. And I think maybe this. Let's talk about this real quick here because yeah. I know we'll have some postseason shows. But um, for me, again, I, I I'm a little biased because of my history with her. But you know, unfortunately, the way it went out in a loss that tonight was the last night Grace Berger was ever going to play in Assembly Hall, one way or another. And yeah. unfortunately, it's going to go out with the loss. But I think it's. I think everybody needs to remember that you just watched one of the greatest Indiana women's players ever over the course of the last five years. 
when we have the discussion 20 years from now, best players in Indiana women's history, if she's not at the top, she's in the discussion of who is at the top. When you look at what she did in terms of points, rebounds, assists, her leadership, and, and, and Coach Morin has talked about this a couple different times throughout the year, that really for them, getting Grace Berger to commit when she was in high school was a huge deal for them. They, they really felt that Grace had that kind of ability, even though Grace may have not have been a top 20, top 15 type recruit. They felt like she was a game changer for this program. And I just hope people will remember the pleasure they were able to get watching that young woman play over the last five years wearing the cream and crimson. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's something we should remind ourselves of uh, next year when we have McKenzie for just one last year as well, too, because I think she's a special, special player, too. So, yep. Yep. So let's go on. Let's talk about in, let's go inside the numbers real quick. And Kathy, uh, we'll go with you. You can pick a team or an individual if you want to start out with. Um. Gosh, I, I don't even know where to go with this. Um, probably rebounding. Let's start with rebounding. Um, we got out rebounded, and it, it actually it felt a lot more lopsided than it was. Um, they out rebounded us thirty five to twenty nine, and you kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, it really seemed we just had no interest in um offensive rebounds. We ended up with only nine offensive rebounds. Um, and. and that was shocking to me. It's and, and especially when, you know, you're only shooting, we only shot what, um, 35% field goal per oh, that's for the first in the first quarter and 33% in the second quarter. And that first half in particular, I thought that really hurt us where we were shooting the ball and we weren't making it, but there was nobody down there to rebound because they were even sending, it felt like McKenzie down um, back to play defense. So they clearly were concerned about Miami's transition game. Um, and I, I think that hurt us in the end because we just really, I I'm trying to see if I can find the second chance points. I don't think we had a whole lot of second chance points. Um, and if we did, um, I don't think there were oh five. That was it. Five. I found it. Five second chance points, um, and that's just not that doesn't seem like kind of our game um, to me. So that offensive rebounding in particular being that low in second chance points was definitely on the the negative side tonight. Yeah, I'm going to kind of jump into the same thing you were mentioning about the kind of the the specialty stats as I like to call them. If you would have looked at some of these stats, I think you're going to sit there and well, how did we lose? Mm-hmm. Because we we outscored them in the paint 34-24, which maybe it was, you know you would have liked for it to be a little bigger, but uh, you know we outscored them points off turnovers thirteen to seven. We outscored them in second chance points five to three. The only place we really lost out to them was on bit, uh, fast break points. They outscored us twelve to four. So you look at some of those specialty stats, and you're kind of wondering. And of course, in a two point game, every little bucket matters, you know. And that's the other thing, you know, kind of go back into the theme a little bit. You know, everybody's going to talk about the end of the game, and, and, and yeah. we do that as fans and sometimes coaches. Your first thought is after a game is like, "Gosh darn it, we we didn't execute down the stretch." The reality is, the game. You, there's any one possession you can go back to. The the one I mentioned about Chloe, you can go back into a possession in the first quarter that we, you know, you know that we didn't execute. I mean, there's 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 how many, however many possessions in the course of a game that you lose by two points, you can find a possession and be like, sure. "Yeah." That possession, you know, everybody wants to focus on the end, but the possessions at the beginning of the game, the possessions in the third quarter, we had that stretch in the third quarter. We got back to three and then we went ice cold and turned it over a couple of times. And so that was, you know, you know, know, so, but everybody will focus on the end, but there were in a one possession game, there were plenty of possessions that we could really kind of go back to and be like, gosh, darn, I wish we had that one back. 
Yeah, and I, I to, to your point, Jeff, I think I felt like this game was really lost in the first half. Um, you know, we just dug such a big hole going down 12 points at the half. Um, and, you know, I mentioned it a couple times. I just think the physicality of Miami seemed to surprise them. And um, I said that to, to my husband on Saturday after watching uh, Miami claw back um, after they were down by 17 at, at one point on Saturday in their first game. And they just came out and they're physical and toughness was just, I, I was like, we're going to have trouble with them. And it seemed to take us by surprise. And uh, they just, I felt like that first half is when it was. So was lost for us. Not, not in the last minute. Cause it's, you know, it's a 40 minute game and we probably shouldn't have been in that position to begin with, but we just never could seem to get past that hump. We made a great effort in the third quarter to only be down one, just never could seem to, to get ahead and then pull ahead enough that it didn't matter what happened in that first or last minute. Yeah. And I think also Kathy, you know, we kind of got lulled into this idea that Miami didn't have a good post player. Well, at least tonight, the Pedande girl finished up with 19.7 rebounds and two blocks. I mean, she pretty much played, you know, that to, and, and if you're Miami, that's neutralizing Mackenzie Holmes and Mackenzie finished with, you know, we said 22 points and nine rebounds as well. And two blocks. I mean, you know, basically Miami got a draw out of that matchup, and I'm sure they would have thought if they could get that, they were in pretty good shape. And again, we uh, we said that McKenzie didn't play well in the beginning, but yeah, I'm with you. The game kind of was. You felt like the game was really at the begin in the first, especially in the second quarter. We made that little run to get close. You felt like we were maybe finally going to push in here, and then they made the run to finish out the half. And, and the next thing you know, we're down 12 at the half. Um, I will say this. Uh, a stat I was looking at was only seven turnovers against a team that yeah. ha- applies some decent pressure, whether it's full court or half court. We only turned it over seven times. Yeah. And so Miami I mean, normally yeah. forces 17. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it may not have felt like it, but we took care of the ball. <laughs> but exactly. And, 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 but I think you felt like if you would have gone into the game going, if we're only going to turn it over seven times, you'd like your chances. So I, that was there. That was kind of the other team stat I wanted to point out. I'll throw it back to you. Uh, about if you got any individuals or if you want to maybe save them for the uh, we've talked about about some of the individuals already but yeah any other individual stats you want to talk about um yeah I'll probably save most of that for for later but you know again like I felt like um our assist number was actually pretty good again grace again leading us with six but Chloe did you know was right there with her her four as well um someone has asked about free throws so just for those of you that are listening later we were 13 of 17 for for free throws as well so um so I thought that was okay too 77 percent basically um you know, again, we talked about Yarden. She was just quiet the entire yeah. game until that fourth quarter. And then she did end up with 10 points real quick because she made those, you know, three three pointers and one of two from the line. Um, otherwise, I, I just didn't think Garzon had had that good of a game. I thought even defensively, nope. she was missing missing some switches. She was not fighting through some screens. She looked a little lost at times. And I told, you know, again, my husband watches the games with me, and I said, you know. I just feel like she's playing like a freshman tonight. And most of the year we haven't seen that from Garzon. Um, you mentioned Sydney as well, like but the, just, to, I will say, I will yeah. say real quick. I just felt like the moment may have got the yard in a little bit, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Sydney, again, I just want to kind of mention her because, you know, <laughs> we had gotten to this point where we're, you know, just getting so much product production from Sydney. She was at one point second on the team in scoring. Um, I think she was also second in rebounds and she ends up with four points and only three 
rebounds tonight. Um, and again, it was not something, you know, from one of our, our more experienced players uh, that I was expecting tonight. I thought that she would show up and show out a little stronger for us. I was actually kind of disappointed in Sydney's play overall. I just think, again, back to our earlier comment, in these types of games, right, you're you're in the round of 32, you're trying to get to the Sweet 16, you're not playing anymore, you know, the bottom of the Big Ten. These are really good teams and you need something more from just your two star players. You have to have stuff from your role players. And I just didn't think we got enough from them tonight. And, and I, and again, kind of back into kind of comboing these two, the, the numbers and the themes a little bit. It just seems like and we saw this a little bit with the men last night. And I know the discussion was made online on Twitter and a couple other places. I know the guys talked a little bit about it in the AC radio show or the, AC, the assembly call broadcast last night. It just seems like the Big Ten doesn't have those same type of athletes. Again, Ohio State has some. Illinois has a couple. But but Miami had that kind of athleticism at really all five spots. And, and I thought that was a big difference. And Miami was a, you know, a little above middle-of-the-road team in the, in the ACC. But just it just seems like the ACC and the SEC get a different um, or at least a multitude of athletes, whereas the Big yeah. Ten doesn't have that. Yeah, and we're seeing that was was this the ACC at least their fourth, if not fifth team that got into the Sweet Sixteen this year, right? So I believe at least the fourth. I'm not sure about at least five. the fourth. Yeah, I'm not sure if they said this would be their fourth or this they already had four. It was one of the two, but anyway, yes, the ACC is it was a very good conference this year as well. But yeah, the athletes we just couldn't quite quite get there. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else in terms of team or individual stats I want to talk about right now. How about you? You have others I don't even, you want let's to go on. Let, let, let's move on to game balls. All right. All right. So we'll go on with game balls here. And for those of you watching on the live YouTube feed, Kathy has the scroll across the bottom of the screen. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes leads with 15 game balls, followed by Grace Berger with seven, and then Sydney Parrish three, Yarden Garzon three, Coley Moore McNeil two, and Sarah Scalia with one. And as we always do here, the host always allows the co-host to go first on the game ball (laughs) selection. And so we're going to let Kathy go first tonight. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to give it to Grace Berger. I know she may not have led in, in scoring. You know, everyone probably wants to look at McKenzie's 22 points. and um, But I, I thought Grace from beginning to end. I mean, she played the full 40 minutes. She never sat in this game. I never once questioned her grit, her determination. Um, you know, I, it didn't. Her three turnovers were kind of a little tough to swallow. One in particular, there was this really bad pass she made. But overall, I thought Grace was by far the leader tonight on that floor for us. Um, you know, without grace, again, she's that, um, the straw that stirs our drink. Right. And I just think that we wouldn't have had the season and we, we did without her. Um, even when she wasn't playing, I think she was quite the, the leader from the sideline. And I I thought grace to me would had, had the game that we needed tonight from her. So, um, I'm voting for grace for my game ball. Yeah. I'm going to make that unanimous mainly because without grace Berg in the first half, this might've been really ugly. Uh, Grace Berger almost single-handedly yeah. kept us in the game in the first half, and at least within striking distance. It, you know, we're down twelve. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't even a pretty half from that standpoint. But you know, to, it wasn't like Grace kept us win four or five. It just you know she, what she did. She had ten points alone in the first half, along with I felt like she was the one player that wanted the ball. You know, and, and that, so there was there were a couple. There were several times that first half I felt like there were kids who were just wanting. As soon as they got it, they were looking to get rid of it. They didn't want to be able to one, have to make the play, especially once the lead got up around double digits or more. 
And whereas in the second half, I didn't see as much of that. So I got a feeling the second half, the halftime, one of the halftime speeches was, or part of the halftime speech was, hey, you guys are here for a reason. We recruited you to be this kind of play at this level. Quit being afraid of it. You know, if you get something, take it. And I thought in the second half, I didn't see as much of that passing up stuff as I saw a little bit in the first half. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with you. I thought Grace Berger tonight was the best player that, you know, overall for 40 minutes on the floor for us. I agree. So, so that'll give Grace eight game balls for the season. Mackenzie Holmes will be the winner of the game ball awards this year. That's pretty much decided anyway. But she yeah, had 15. long ago. But, but unless we, <laughs> you know, Grace was going to win everyone from here on out, still, she still couldn't have caught her. So, but Grace Berger will finish with eight game balls here on the Doing the Work. We'll move over to the Hustle Award, where Sydney Parrish leads the way with eight. Chloe Moore McNeil with seven and a half. Uh, Grace Berger and Lily Meister each had four and a half. Uh, Lexi Bargesser with two, Sarah Scalia with one and a half, and then Alyssa Geary, Yarden Garzon, and Caitlin Peterson had one each. And Kathy, I'll let you go first on the Hustle Award. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my vote for Mackenzie Holmes. Um, I, you know, she struggled in that first half again. I thought there was probably a couple of reasons. Again, I just think that knee might be bothering her more than we might be thinking. I think putting her in and out, just never let her get into the flow of the game. And Miami really took her out of it then when she was then. But boy, did she come back in that second half and really put on a show, putting up 18 points, most of those in that third quarter there. And she was really, you know, showed why um, she's a she's an All-American. You know, I thought that she um, really had a great second half and um, was happy to see that out of her and ended up with nine rebounds, almost a double-double for her. So um, just the, um, so for me, I'm just I'm going to go ahead and vote for McKenzie on my hustle award. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to make that again unanimous because I was leaning the same way. I felt like McKenzie, especially with that second half effort, deserved a, the hustle award, and and I really felt like she was the only one. I, I after McKenzie, I would have been really yeah. struggling to pick somebody out for the hustle award. So McKenzie Holmes will get her first hustle award here in the season finale for the IU women. Um, so and it, it was one of the things that for those of you who have been following us and we appreciate all of you, the workaholics and, and stuff and, and the, all the workaholics who have followed us all year long. And even going back into last year, it, the hustle awards always been such a fun part of the episodes because it, it's so many people have been, you know, have been playing well enough to get that hustle award. Uh, and you see that when we had, what was it? One, two, three, four, Counting out loud here, five, six, seven, eight, about nine, about 10 different people won a hustle award this year for the IU women. Yeah. So, yeah, it tells you something about where the team was and how well they were playing throughout the season. Yeah, 10. Um, yeah, 10. So, you know, counting McKenzie and Knight. So, um, Kathy, yep. I'm going to throw this to you and I'll let you go first. <laughs> and obviously, you know, um, actually, I'll go first. I'll let you kind of think about what okay. I say. Maybe you'll, you'll, you'll want to chime in or you'll want to go somewhere else with it. Obviously, now with the lingering questions segment of this of this broadcast that we do every every episode, um, <laughs> obviously there is no more season this year. And and Mr. Coach Marlowe gave me the cliche of the night. Um, but I guess the lingering question is, what does this team look like next year? I, I don't think you'll see people leaving. I don't think you're going to have a, like a mass exodus with the portal. I think you're going to see almost every one of these kids back. I think you're going to, you know, Grace Berger is the only starter that will definitely not be back. And really, in terms of somebody, the only person who got a lot of major minutes throughout the season. So you really only have to plug in one person here. Um, the recruiting is, we'll talk a little bit more about the recruiting in the offseason. Um, 
you know, we're, we've got a couple of really good recruits coming in, one from Texas, one from Illinois, who are both Gatorade Player of the Year. But I think the lingering question is when we talk about next year's team is, again, you'll have McKenzie Holmes and you, you have a first-team All-American, but can this team be a little more – and, again, this is a team that scored 80 points a game, high 70s, almost 80 points a game. What will the offense look like? Will it be as much, you know, sometimes mid-range as we saw with – and, of course, Grace Berger was a lot of mid-range. So just kind of my lingering question is what will this offense look like? And defensively, what will we look like next year? And, again, kind of third part here, who will be the leader? Because Grace Berger has been kind of the heart and soul and the leader of this group for the last two, three years. Even when some of those other kids were here, I felt like Grace was the leader, and, and they were the ones that were going to look to her to make a play. So I'd say that's kind of where my lingering questions are. And, again, we're going to answer a lot of those in the offseason as we get ready for 23-24. But – yeah, that's kind of what where I am and immediately in the aftermath of going out of the tournament in the second round. Yeah, I think those are all <laughs> all really good lingering questions, right? I think it's you know now we you know we don't have a choice either. We got to turn and focus on you know what what um, during the off season and what is the team going to look like next year? And again, um, Alyssa Geary and and Grace Berger are the only ones we're leaving, losing. And to your point, Alyssa Geary, you know, as much as, you know, I enjoyed watching her, she didn't play a whole lot. So the productivity has got to be there to, to fill grace. And, you know, back to some of your earlier comments, I think that we struggled with athletic guards. It would be nice to see if we could find some kind of athletic, you know, combo guard in the portal to, to maybe fill that, you know, other guard position that grace is leaving behind and get a little more athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I really am hoping that we'll start to see then is is more consistency from our role players night in and night out next year. So, um, again, I think that really, really hurt us tonight. And so I'm looking during that offseason to have some growth from Garzon, from Sydney, um, and from Sarah so that next year they can come back. And whether they're on the bench or coming in off the bench or starting or whatever the role ends up being next year, I would just like to see a little more consistency from them. So. Um, I think the, the leader is going to be McKenzie next year. She's always being shown on the, you know, you'd see, or excuse me, on Twitter and on TV. And she's seems to be the ones that's most vocal in the huddle. And so I think Grace was our silent leader. I think McKenzie was our vocal leader and I expect her to fill that role next year too. Yeah, I think that would at least be what we would think of watching from afar that McKenzie will be that person. The other thing too um, we talk a little bit about the, 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 the portal. Um, you do have Caitlin Peterson scholarship uh, that will be yeah. available. They, they've basically used Grace's scholarship and, and um, Alyssa Geary scholarship for the two incoming recruits. So you would have one there. The other thing, Kathy, I want to talk to you about, and I know this is going to sound like everybody's going to be, Oh, Marlo's bringing something up. We haven't talked yeah. a ton about, they were better than this. You look at the at the box score tonight, and again, you can say it's second round in the NCAA tournament. Miami had nine kids who play nine players who got seven more minutes or more tonight. We had six, and, and I get that somewhere along the line, yeah. I think that when we have the post, do a little more deeper post mortem on the season, I think we're going to look at the minutes that were played by again the top six or seven kids, and I got to wonder if that's what caught up to us at the end of the season. And again, I'm not blaming Coach Moore. I'm not trying to say what she's doing is wrong, but I just I, I do wonder about the minute load. And we have a lot of questions, and a lot of th- questions have been raised in the workaholics here on the YouTube chat that about what happened these last three, four games. Because I have, I also want to say I did see this in the chat. I, I, that Iowa game wasn't that bad game. Yes, we lost, but you're one mm-hmm. possession away from winning it, and and, yeah. and on the road. 
but it, I think sold out road too. Right. And I, right. <laughs> I was there and I can, I can absolutely um, testify to how loud it was in there. It was mm-hmm. incredibly loud and deafening. And we were down by 10 points, I think at least once, if not twice and battled back and only lost in the last second shot. So yeah, I don't think we played bad in that Iowa game. No, but we did not play very well against Michigan state in the first game of the big 10 tournament. We had the collapse in the second half against Ohio state and, and yeah. then tonight. So you had three of the last four that you, you, you did kind of struggle in, especially defensively. Um, at t- especially, you know, cause right now, you know, in that first half, Miami was on pace to score 80 for the game. You now we slowed them right. down a little bit in the second half, but um I, I do think we're going to have to get back to talking about minute load a little bit. And, and you look yeah. like tonight, again, I understand why, but Grace Berger played 40 minutes. Chloe Moore McNeil played 40 minutes, you know? And so I think that's, you know, that's, those are going to be some lingering questions that I have as we go into the offseason. Are we going to finally be able to develop a bench that we can trust where we can get mm-hmm. eight or nine deep? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we had again seven <laughs> players this tonight that played. Uh, no offense to Ariel Wisney, sorry, um, right. she didn't even officially log a minute according to the the box score. So and, seven and, players that played, and we just can't continue to have that and think we're going to go deep into into the tournament. We didn't, yeah, and, you know. And it, I'm it, sorry, it, not to interrupt you, but but Lily only played five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so really only six, and you know, again, Sarah, she played eighteen, but she was clearly not play, feeling well. So, you know, if you got somebody, you know, get banged up a little bit, which we did with Grace, and at the end here with Mackenzie or Sarah being sick or whatever, we just have to have more of a bench next year. And we said that last year, and I we thought we thought we were hopeful, right? Because we had you know um, Lexi Bargasser that was getting a lot of time there for a while, and um, Henna Sandvik, but it just never seemed to materialize enough that we could get to this point in the season and really, to your point, trust them when when the chips were down. So um, I think that's going to be something the offseason, the coaching staff just absolutely has to address. And whether it's Coach Morin's philosophy of just trusting her, you know, six seven players, or you know what it is they have to do to get there, but we have to find a way that we can go more eight deep when, you know, in meaningful minutes too, not just, you know, four or five here and there. Correct. So anything else you want to throw in here for a lingering question? I've given you mine. No, I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, again, we're going to have to do, deal with it. We've got to have po- something for post, you know, postseason shows. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we didn't think we we're going to have to be talking about postseason shows anytime soon. So, hey, we want to remind you guys that you can. Ke- we, we're keeping you updated about who's your alums. They're playing overseas in the community and on our Twitter feed. And also, you can find us on Twitter at Doing the Work. If you just go to Twitter and search Doing the Work, we, we should be the first thing that comes up. And you can follow us on Twitter at Doing the Work uh, for news and info. You also can check out the Assembly Call community page. Uh, we post a lot of information there, whether it's myself or Kathy or, or even our, you know, our good friend Ari, who covers the IU women uh, on site a lot of times for us as well. and does some of our production work behind the scene uh, and get, help us get things loaded up to, to the podcast uh, feeds and things like that. So you can find a lot of good information. And obviously with men's basketball and women's basketball being over, uh, Ari especially covers a lot of IU baseball. So you'll be able to find more you know, information about all the IU sports really uh, at the community page. Um, at this point, you know, I simply call radio will be on Thursday night at their usual time. I, I'm thinking I didn't make it to the end of the show last night. I fell asleep as I was uh, watching and listening. So, but I'm assuming they'll have a Thursday night show. Kathy and I are going to have to get together and discuss when we want to have another show. So follow Twitter and follow us in the community. We'll let you know 
when we're going to do our, our kind of postseason breakdown and, and stuff. I have some things coming up at the end of this week and then Kathy has work obligations and things. So, you know, it's, you know, day jobs sometimes get in the way, family time gets in the way of some things. So we're, we'll get a post game show in here the next week or so. Uh, also be sure to catch and subscribe to the next episode of Crimson cast, part of our back home network and the Hoosier. And also on the back home network, you, our friend, Amanda Foster, friend of the show, Amanda Foster has, a podcast with on back home network for women's basketball. You can also check her out there. Um, lost my page here. Uh, and then also don't forget um, if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. And you can be a part of our private community as well. Join for free today at assemblycall.com slash community. That's all the programming notes. There you go. And we're going to swing it over to Kathy for last call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to, I think I'll re-echo, re-echo. That's, that's redundant. That's not a word. I'm just going to echo some of my comments <laughs> from our, um, when we started the show tonight, you know, it, it I just want to remind everyone this, uh, this was, yes, it was devastating. It hurts. You can imagine what those, those women are going through in the locker room together right now. If we feel this bad, um, they have to feel a hundred times more bad, more bad. Oh my goodness. My grammar is terrible. It's like, they have to feel a hundred times worse than us. (laughs) And and we need to remember that, but we need to remember actually the bigger picture here. And that was how well they played throughout the year. Yes. They stumbled here at the end today. I don't think they stumbled down the road. I think that, you know, again, we talked about the Iowa game losing on a last second shot. Um, they, they kind of fell apart a little bit in that second half of the Ohio state game. But if you go back and look at the first half of that Ohio state game, they were playing magnificent basketball and we saw a lot of that from them this year. And I just want everyone to just kind of remember that. Remember, you know, don't let this taint your view of what happened with the team because we didn't go as far in the tournament as we thought we were going to. Yes. We all thought they were final four caliber. They thought they were final final four caliber and they still are in our hearts and and maybe just not on that paper in the win-loss column tonight Miami just had our number I think you play this game nine times out of ten we win it and um I, I just think that Miami had our number tonight and I just want to again remind everyone not to your judgment and your your view on how this team was all year because again they set a ton of records they gave us a lot of happiness they gave us a lot of things to watch and to be excited about for the future right we are again only losing two players from this team and with the possibility of adding a a third um, person as well in addition to our two freshmen i just think we should just all remember that and stay positive about it and support our women um in in this um off season that we're now heading into yeah, I think that's a great point, Kathy, that you look at what they did this year, not just the, the statistical records, the things that Grace Berger did, the things that Mackenzie Holmes did. Um, Yarn Garzon, as you mentioned earlier, set the three-point record for freshmen at IU this year with her performance tonight. Um, but they won the Big Ten title for the first time in 40 years outright. They won it outright for the first time ever. So they did yeah. things. The crowd, and, and also kudos to the fans, including those of you in the workaholics who made it to a game this year. They set an attendance record. They by far they have tried the I think Ari texted us earlier today that roughly counting tonight, because he was estimating roughly 145,000 people went out to watch IU women's basketball at Assembly Hall this year. By 
far. I mean, by like 60,000 is more than we've ever had um, in a season. Watch the women in Assembly Hall. And, and I think that's, you know, remember that they provided some really good moments and, and provided a lot. And, and, and Kathy and I had a lot of fun being able to do this show coming in here talking about more, way more wins. Then if you know, imagine we were trying Only to do this losses. show. Four, imagine <laughs> we're trying to do this show on four and twenty-eight. You know, you know, twenty-eight and four is a whole lot better show to to have over the course of the season. But, but yeah, is it disappointing as a fan? Yes, like Kathy said, though the players and the coaches are feeling it too, and worse. And so, just you know, we just got to remember that you know, and I, and I know this is going to sound trite, but nobody was playing to lose. Nobody was trying to lose. They were playing their hardest, the best they knew how at the moment. And yes, it, it hurt to lose because we all had such high expectations. And I think there was such, we felt like we were finally having some national respect that we'd been trying to get for the last three, four years. And just remember though, it's a journey. And tonight's, you know, just kind of stop the journey. Next year, Hopefully the journey will continue and it will go a little farther and this, this program will continue to grow and grow. And so that's kind of what I wanted to finish up with. I thought Kathy raised some really yeah. good points. I want to kind of uh, build off of her. So kudos to her for saying that first. So Kathy, got anything else you want to add in here tonight before we hit the road and leave our fans? Nope. Uh, it's just the echo as well, 14,480 people. So thanks to all those people that showed up and those are actual butts in the seat, not uh, tickets sold. So um, appreciate all the fans that showed up tonight. Cause I, I, I don't know how it was in person, but it sounded really loud and very supportive to me. So thanks to everyone there as well as to anybody who's been still listening to us um, blabber on tonight or, or earlier um, later, if you're listening to this tomorrow, whenever you're listening, but thanks to everyone. You know, it has been a fun season. Um, ended way too soon, but a fun season nonetheless. Yeah, I want to uh, kudos. I want to ditto to what Kathy said. Thanks to all of you. And, you know, for those of you who we've been able to meet over the course of the last couple of years of doing the show, whether at the meetups or just at, at a game here and there, they've had such great things to say to us. Thank you. I want to thank Kathy for being here and uh, <laughs> being my co-host. And she's and, and, and we, I, we should take at this point. We want to make sure we thank, for example, Seth Tao, Amanda Foster, um, um, Andy also, Bottoms, Andy Bottoms, Jay Torrey, Jay. Uh, people who who also gave, made guest appearances on, or friends of the shows who were able to help us out on a game here and there. Um, so kudos to all of them. Jared Morris helped us out. Zion Brown. Um, you know, I'm, I felt like I'm doing an Academy Award speech here, but again, just, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's you know, it's just really again everybody who makes this possible and. You know, and and sometimes when you know you're you have a conflict, and Kathy's able to find somebody, or I'm able to get somebody, it, it just makes the show so much easier um, than when you're trying to do it by yourself and, and and such. But we but we are having we're able to do this because of all of you. And 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 again, I want to thank Kathy and her you know her family for every you know giving her the time to be here, and my family you know for being <laughs> understanding enough to be like, hey, go spend an hour every night after a game talking on the internet about you know, what went wrong, what went right and things like that. So uh, we also want to thank John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our new logos that you've been seeing all year long. For those of you who've been following us on the YouTube feed, a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you've heard throughout the season and on this broadcast. And again, thank you guys for listening wherever you, whether you're on the YouTube live chat, the YouTube live after the game, or you're listening at your favorite podcast site, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it may be. Keep listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you soon. And until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers.
All right. All right. So, well, thank you, everybody. <laughs> Kathy. Yep. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you too, Jeff. I appreciate it. And um, I, my husband's still listening. Thanks to him too. He's so supportive yeah. <laughs> of, of me doing this. And I, I saw him in the chat a little bit here tonight too. So thanks to him. He's been a big support in everything I do. So. Hey, we want to thank everybody. And like we said, we don't know exactly, but we'll get, we'll be back on probably sometime next week. I would venture to guess, but we'll yep. be back in a week or so to, to kind of do a post post season wrap up show and post mortem. <laughs> Uh, on a season that unfortunately ended about at least one, at least for me, one game too early. I mean, I, I could yeah. have been, you know, losing in the Sweet 16 would have been a little bit like, uh, but I could have at least lived with it a little bit better right now than um, that I've kind of dealt with tonight. I've at kind least of one more weekend. Show. Yeah, I wanted one more. I thought we'd get another weekend. That's a good way of putting yeah. it, Kathy. So, hey, everybody, we've appreciated you guys for being with us all season long. We want to wish you a good night, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Night, all right. Everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs>